Hey, it's Daniel, and I'm here with my lovely co-host. Hello, it's Kate. We are chatting goodly. This is Good Chat. Good Chat. Kate. Daniel. I cannot begin to tell you how great it is to see you in real life. Yeah, I can just reach out and touch you. Don't touch me. Okay, I won't. I think I could. But it's good to be here. It's good to be here in your studio. So fancy. (laughs) So fancy. It's great. It's so, so good. And I'm sure it sounds so much better. Correct. What have you been up to? Oh my goodness. Everything. I feel like I went from doing nothing to doing everything. Even pre-lockdown, I like was sparse with how many, like go out once a weekend. Every day I'm doing something. Every night I'm having to go see someone. Every weekend I'm doing something. It's like everybody who I was even just an acquaintance with is suddenly like, oh, we need to catch we up. We must catch up, yeah. And because now we're about to go into the Christmas season, that just gets amped up to a million. Yeah. So, oh gosh. I like that I'm complaining now that I have to go out and see so many people. Yeah, well, I was going to ask you, how are you finding that? Personally, it's a little bit exhausting. Mm. How are you going? It is exhausting, but I am loving it because I feel like this lockdown, I was starting to itch to go out and see people. So, yeah. I even though I'm like, oh. Everybody go away. A part of me is still like, no, I want to see everyone. Yeah, obviously it's really nice to see people again Mm -hmm. and to catch up with people that you haven't caught up with in literally months. Exactly. Yeah. Because we got to catch up by the water with friends. It was lovely. Yeah, I think that it's just a case of adjusting back into it, which is going to happen. And Mm -hmm. I think because, Kate, we were all in this together. (laughs) Everyone's in the same boat. So everyone's going to be having a bit of an adjustment period. and, Mm -hmm. And I think that makes it even better because... We are all in this together. (laughs) It's a cliche, but it's true. And how are you? How have you been? How have you been adjusting? I mean, look, I I get it. I loved lockdown because it suited me very well. Yes. Like you said, it gets to the point where it's been so long that you just, you need that Mm -hmm. interaction. You need to get out. So I get that. But I mean, I was kind of dreading the end of it because Mm. I was just like, I didn't want to go back to... To how things were before in the sense that you basically got plans all the time. Yeah. I just didn't want to get back into the, I feel like I don't have enough downtime. Yeah, that's fair. I know it'll be fine. It's just the adjustment. Speaking of Kate. Yes. Let's take a trip. Let's get into this little Flintstones vehicle. Mm-hmm. You're driving, by the way. See the feet at the bottom go. I'm not asking much, Kate. And let's go back to the year 2000. You know, that's 20 years ago. Well, 21 years ago. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's insane. We'll just take a trip through 2000 to 2010. It's a bit of a sequel to our 90s episode. We're so nostalgic. I love it. Yeah, it's always nice to look back and romanticize how great things were back in an era or a time when really it was just the norm back then. I feel like every decade repeats itself every 20 years because you know how you see like that 70s peasant style with the floaty tops and paisley that comes around every year. You can kind of see the 80s wave, a 90s wave came through and it's so funny to now see the early 2000s, especially Especially on TikTok to seeing young 18 to 19, 20 year olds rediscover the 2000s. And that's Mm. now having a resurgence. Yeah. On that note, I have seen this trend on TikTok, which it borderline concerns me, Mm -hmm. but it's not that serious. People (laughs) are- Is it noodles? It's not noodles. Actually, let's take another side street. Is today a Bones Day or is it a no Bones Day? I haven't seen today. I'm talking about UK. Oh, for me, I feel just personally, it feels like a Bones Day. Like I am living live. I'm happy to be here. So I'm out and about. 
great but it always throws me because they're in america it's never out the correct time zone for us oh, i just love right. seeing him i just love seeing that little dog sure but what i was going to originally say is that i've noticed people on tiktok they're treating a cd player and cds like a novelty or like a vintage you know how there's been a resurgence of cassette tapes and things mm. like that i've seen people who are now buying cds and going out to thrift stores to buy a cd player and taking it home and playing cds triggered and putting it on tiktok and i'm just thinking like why is this a thing because you have had an entire generation of kids now grow up never having a cd player because everything was on their phone it's a novelty for them it's so crazy i've seen so many parents giving their children on tiktok a discman and now the kids are like what is this did you have to walk around and hold this and then you would skip one day someone's going to hand someone a smartphone and say what is this what's so crazy is cds you saw a massive peak and i never thought that they would fully go away because i'm like oh you're gonna need it for cd roms and everything like that and then with the rise of the usb and obviously everything on the internet getting Mm. better CDs have become obsolete. Laptops and stuff, they don't even have a CD drive. This is true. Mm -hmm. So let's just start from the very top. So we've mentioned this before, the very start of the new millennium, new 2000, the Y2K bug. Remember that whole thing with the Y2K where it was this big fear that computers are going to crash because they will default Mm -hmm. back to 1901? People believe that all of the technology was only programmed to 1999. So once it ticked over to midnight, they would all fall apart. Planes would fall from the sky. Exactly. I remember people saying, go to the bank, take money out just in case Mm -hmm. the ATMs Mm -hmm. aren't going to work, buy water in case there'll be no running water. I remember seeing on the news, I didn't see it so much as happening in Australia, but like those doomsday style preppers, like people were buying out water bottles, canned goods. I feel like no one I saw or knew did that, but it was heavily shown on TV that people thought something bad was going to happen and then nothing happened. It was ridiculous. And I remember at the time, because of all that conversation, Mm -hmm. I went onto my computer and you know how you can change the date. Yeah, you just go ahead. Exactly. And I went, I think I even went beyond 2000 and everything was fine. Mm -hmm. Even Jennifer Lopez waiting for tonight music video had that moment where it reaches 2000, it's midnight and all the power turns off in the video Mm -hmm. and then comes back on and everything's fine. That song is still used every New Year's Eve celebration. That New Year's Eve 99 going mm -hmm. into 2000. Um, I don't know what it was like for you, but picture this, 1999, New Year's Eve, big family New Year's Eve party, dress-up party. You need to tell me what you dressed up as. Okay, so... Sorry, what was the theme? The theme was just dress-up. It wasn't a particular themed dress-up. It was more just dress-up as a character or something. Yeah, just fancy dress. Yeah. And we have already established you don't really love dressing up. This was definitely very minimal effort. So I went as Brock from Pokemon. That's very cute. Who was the best dressed? Who do you remember from that being like, oh, they understood the assignment? I want to say my cousin went as Nanny Fine. <gasps> nice. She dressed up as Nanny Fine with a little wig and... With the beehive? Yeah. That's iconic. Picture this, Kate. <gasps> I'm ready. Karaoke machine. <gasps> I'm there. S Club 7, <gasps> S Club Party. So I know the entire dance to that song. Okay. I loved S Club 7. They're one of the first bands I ever saw live. I still have my poster from them. Yes. Each member has signed it and I laminated it so mm. nothing would ever happen to it. Yeah. I still own it. I still love them. Oh, I'm so happy for you, Kate. <laughs> 
Oh, what a great song. I feel like those days as well are gone Mm. because I don't know what your New Year's Eve's look like, but I feel like those big family New Year's Eve things, at least for me, seem like a thing of the past. Like it doesn't really happen like that anymore. I don't know. Some people I know live for New Year's and they always have a big bash. In my perfect world, I would be going to like a house party. Yeah. I don't really care to go into the city and see fireworks anymore because I believe for the year 2000, I was staying with my aunt and uncle. Like the family did get together and they lived in Crow's Nest. So we went to some lookout and watched the fireworks. And I don't like it because when you're there, like I remember one year we went onto the Cartel Expressway. Yeah. It's the freeway that is above Circular Key Station and you stand on it and you look out. There's the Opera House to your right, Harbour Bridge to your left. Yeah. So you are smack bang in the perfect spot. We were there for the fireworks one year. And as soon as the first kind of handful went off, it was just a thick layer of smoke. You couldn't see above it. And it was just like, oh. And then as soon as it ends, because we weren't at a party, we weren't in a bar, so you're not staying there drinking. It was just like, all right, immediately turn around, walk to the station. So you and literally tens of thousands of people are walking towards the station. I can imagine. And I'm just like, I'm not doing this again. I don't blame you. So if I can go to a house party, I will. Or if not, my new tradition is that we will watch a trilogy of some sort. Yeah, I mean, I'm 100% all for low key. Give me glow sticks. Give me sparklers. Give me the ABC countdown. Love it. I'll tell you what I always wanted to do. What? I feel like every year the fireworks, whoever designed, like I know that a lot of work goes into yes. it. I don't know what the parameters are, but the music choices, because I know they design it to the music. Mm-hmm. Like I know that there is a whole thing because I used to work in the building near the people that did the Sydney New Year's fireworks. Well, ooh la la, Kate. <laughs> but I always was like, be better. <laughs> Pick better music. Do you remember? I think it was the year 2000, the first time you ever saw the waterfall off the bridge. Yep. Okay. And that was the year they had Eternity written. To me, year 2000, we set the stage because after New Zealand, Sydney's like one of the first places that get to celebrate the new year. And our photos of the Harbour Bridge were chef's kiss. So beautiful. Yeah. I tell you what I always never lied. The dropping of the ball in New Year's, uh, what is it in? Times Square. Yeah. Do fireworks go off once it drops or do they just kind of cheer? Oh, I don't know. Confetti at least. Because a lot know. of countries don't do the huge things that we, like what we have in Sydney, a lot of places don't have that. I know people that are in England and they went to the Thames River to countdown and they said nothing happened. Like it was the fireworks that we would have, you know, when you go into the city on a Saturday night, it was like very underwhelming. I'll tell you something else that happened at the beginning of the 2000s, specifically the year 2000. Mm. Was that me graduating elementary school? (laughs) So anyway, Kate, what I was actually talking about was the Sydney 2000 Olympics. (gasps) That was huge. That was phenomenal. Sydney, she was dressed up to the ninth and she turned it out for the party. She did. She did. Opening ceremony. Iconic. What's one thing that you associate with the opening ceremony? (laughs) Okay. I know what you're going to say and you better say it. (laughs) My mind immediately went one place and then I was like, I'm not going to say that. It's going to be Kathy Freeman in the outfit, but it was Nikki Webster. (laughs) I was going to say first, apologies to Kathy Freeman, who is an iconic athlete, but Nikki Webster. Nikki Webster. Nikki Webster. Keep Nikki Webster in that pink dress. I don't know what song she sang during that. I don't know either. I just, because immediately my head went, Strawberry Kisses. And I was like, she didn't sing that. Oh, could you imagine if she did Strawberry Kisses? My um, cousin was in the opening or closing ceremony. She performed in it. Nice. Well, she's not Nikki Webster, so. No, no, no. She did it with the Adam, with the tap dogs. Yeah, okay. I don't know if that was opening or closing. 
Kylie Minogue was in it, wasn't she? She was in the closing ceremony. The yeah. closing seemed more of a party vibe, I guess. She came out on that giant song, It's a Flip Flop, not yes. a G-string. That was the one when they kind of celebrated Australian culture more. And they had the lawnmowers. I didn't know lawnmowers were an Australian invention. I didn't know either. Who performed at the opening? Christine Anu? Nikki Webster. I'm not sure. I feel like she might have. I'm surprised that they got her for the opening and Kylie for the closing. I'm Googling it, just FYI. Google away. Did you go into the ballot to get tickets? No. Oh, my family went to so many events. I think every second day we were going to an event. My family had gone away during that period, so we were in Port Macquarie, so we were watching Olympics on TV, basically. Ah. Yeah. One of our family friends is a news reporter, and he came out to Sydney to report, so he got us into a lot of stuff as well, which was fun. Yeah, I'm so sorry that you have connections, Kate. <laughs> Just flex. <sighs> the flame. Dare to Dream. Dare to Dream. That was John Farnham and Olivia Newton-John. Heroes Live Forever, Vanessa Amorossi. Yeah. Under the Southern Skies, Nikki Webster. Oh, okay. Countdown Fanfare, Sydney Symphony Orchestra. The Man from Snowy River. Mm -hmm. Advanced Australia Fair. Oh, Human Nature. Okay. It's good time. Good times. Good times. Good times. Such fun. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what I do love saying, like more than anything, it fills me to such joy. What do you love? When I am out and about and I see someone wearing their volunteer outfit, anybody that volunteered, they got special clothes, like a yeah. top, and they're not wearing it to be ironic. They're wearing it unironically because they're like older and they're like just proud of themselves. Okay. I'm always like, <laughs> I actually do remember when I was studying someone in my class, she said she was security for the Olympics at one point. Mm -hmm. She had to check the cars for any explosives or whatever. I don't know if any of this is true, Mm -hmm. but she told me she's like, I had to check Kylie's car. I don't know who this person is, but in my mind, this is like a child your age being like, I worked at the Olympics. (laughs) No, she was a bit older than me at the time. And there were no explosives? Um, I mean, she made it out. She did. She was fine. But speaking of drama... Something else that I think started in the 2000s, at least here, started to become more of a cultural thing, reality TV. Yes. We had Australian Idol startup here Mm -hmm. based off of Pop Idol in the UK, American Idol. Well, I'm sorry to school you here. Oh, no. But uh, prior to Australian Idol, we did have pop stars. We did have pop stars. It was more of a documentary kind of feel, though. Yeah, you're right. It it, it was a reality reality show, show. but it wasn't sold as a reality show. You are correct. I checked myself. Before you wreck yourself. Cool. But (laughs) no, I think that was more of the introduction of, yes, that kind of a show but it was more focused on the stage live performances Mm -hmm. audience kind of thing which pop stars didn't really have whereas australian idol and pop idol Mm. that had the audience interaction where you could text in you felt like you had gravity and weight to determine the outcome and the audition process was more focused as well on entertainment entertainment sure let's show this person make a fool of themselves because it's great tv Yes. Yeah. Who was our first winner? Was it Guy Sebastian? It was Guy Sebastian. Shannon Noll came second. Shannon Noll came second. And as the usual tradition goes, the runner-up tends to have a more successful career. At the time. I, I definitely agree. At the time. Yeah. But Guy Sebastian. He's gone on to things. He has gone on to things. He was someone who I thought would just fade away. Yeah. And he still sticks around. Who do you think is our most successful idol? Um, Kelly Clarkson. No, 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 Australian Idol. I know that's what you meant. I know you know that's what I meant, but I'm just not playing into that. <laughs> Wait, who do you think it is? I 
Jessica Malboy? I was going to, yeah. My first thought was Jessica Malboy. I think she's done very well for herself. She's had quite Robbie a few Mills. bangers. Rob Mills? Oh, he's, I mean. That, I said that facetiously, oh, but he actually has had a good career. Korean acting, maybe. Yes. Do you remember his single, Miss Vanity? Uh, yes, I do. Yeah. Uh, what about Lee Harding? Wasabi. Wasabi. Ricky Lee. I'm just having a look at some. Dean Geyer. Oh, he went overseas and did acting. He and he did. was dating one of the Veronicas as well for a little bit. Uh, Courtney Act, I would say. Oh, pro- Courtney, Courtney Act. Act. I would say Courtney Act is the most successful idol. Okay. I mean, Courtney Act's gone on to Drag Race. RuPaul's Drag Race season six. Top three, Bianca Del Rio, Adore Delano. She won UK Big Brother. And she has her own series. Yeah. I do like um, Bianca Del Rio's Born to Die album. Oh, I haven't heard of it. That was a joke because it's a Lana Del Rey album. Okay, that fell flat. went right over my head. So anyway, Kate. The Osbournes. I loved the Osbournes. I feel like they were the first one that let cameras into their house. We also had Mm. Big Brother, (gasps) which was huge. Sarah Sarah Marie Marie and the Bum Dance. The Bum Dance, all of that. And I remember at the time, obviously now, you know the types of people that are going on that show. You know, obviously they're all like career focused and Mm -hmm. want this audience and platform. They want their 15 minutes. Yeah. But the best thing about that series was it was the first one. The contestants genuinely thought no one's watching this. There is no way. You can't get that back anymore. Do you know that it's a career now to go on like reality shows? They will go and speak with a marketing consultant and yeah. a brand and they go on there with the brand that they're trying to push so yeah. you know you're going to go on to a reality show you build your brand you build your instagram you have all that ready yes. to go yes. so once you are on there you have months of backlog you have to gut everything you've ever said pretty much online scrub your profile yeah. and start from scratch all the people that go on those like bachelors and stuff like that they're all going on to further their careers. Exactly. And a lot of the time you can pick, this is what this person wants out of this. Yes. Yeah. I remember the guy from season one, he was in the top three with Sam Marie, the guy that won, and he went on to go in Neighbours. Blair. Yes. Fitzy, he was an AFL player and then he was in Big Brother. He was, yes. He was in season three with Brie. Brie, I remember her because she used to wear a lot of lip gloss and she had those open cut shirts. That is were like that open not Gemma? Shirt. Gemma, that was it. Gemma was in season one and she was the lip gloss girl who actually came out of the house and had a lip gloss line. That's right. Do you remember the controversy? And then they had to terminate it and they're like, no, we'll be brother. Camilla. Oh, yes, the turkey slap. The turkey slap incident. Mm. Yes. I remember the two guys. Their names were like Ash and something, but that wasn't their names because three guys all went into the house and their names were John. Oh, right. And they're like, okay, we can't have three John, so you're going to be Ashley, you're going to be something else. They did that often. Yeah. So the two guys that did it didn't really, nothing really ever happened. Well, stuff happened to them, but they got to keep some anonymity. Remember there was another incident with Chrissy Swan. Yes, Chrissy Swan. And she heard the guy making the, like, fat phobic remarks. She was changing and she went into the main part of the house. She was like, did you say something? There was a guy in the living room. She goes, did you just say this in a British accent? And he's just like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And she just made a beeline to the diary room. Wow. Yeah. How horrible. Yeah. You would be so shook because one, you've been living in this house. You know that people are watching you, but you get so desensitized to it. To hear someone making remarks about you in a derogatory way and you know that they've been sitting there watching you is so creepy. That's so sad. Yeah. Because I remember one year they were like, if you say something and you immediately regret it or something, if you start saying brand names, they oh, can't right. advertise it, they can't put it on. And that's still pretty common yeah. on, but you can get in trouble for it. 
So they're like, like oh. you're doing it on purpose. Yes. But I remember one year they were talking shit about someone and they were like, Qantas, Qantas, you're talking about <laughs> Qantas? And that, that way he's like, you know, immediately. They Shut that down. Yeah. Especially in those days, reality TV was also very scripted. There were so many shows that were just completely fake as well. Mm. And then you also had The Simple Life. Oh, The Simple Life. I was a Laguna Beach fan. Oh, I've never seen that. <gasps> I never really got into the, like I've watched The Hills, don't get me wrong, but Laguna Beach was everything the oc okay. captured the nation captured yeah. everyone and then you had laguna beach the real oc exactly lc yeah. and steven and Kristen. that love triangle drama yeah fueled my friends and i sure but you were going to talk about simple life because that's hot that also was very obviously scripted and very fake too yeah but it was definitely an iconic reality tv series definitely. yeah because i feel like in a way that really paved the way for the girls at the playboy mansion i feel like the 2000s my memory of them is so ingrained with deep-rooted misogyny and sexism because you had the rise of frat culture come with those movies like American Pie. Oh, yes. Like that whole wave of misogyny was amplified. And that humour was like the creme de la creme of comedy at the time. And it was just all Von Dutch hats, pop your collar, Ralph Lauren polo shirts, Ed Hardy, Juicy Juicy Couture. Couture. Like you had this wave of valley, like Americana valley fakeness. It still like definitely permeates, but the 2000s, like you had Paris Hilton, the rise of pop stars and very, very fake fashion. The other night I did watch the original scary movie. I love Anna Faris. <laughs> yeah, but I only rewatched the first one. I'd seen it at the time as well. How problematic is it? Yeah, that's what I, I was going to say. Like mm-hmm. looking back now, I just thought, oh, a lot of this stuff wouldn't be okay. Oh, yeah. Because even I rewatched Drop Dead Gorgeous, which is an iconic kind of cult movie. Some of the language that they use is just, it takes you out of you. Like, oh, ah, don't say that. And it was Denise Richards, uh, Kristen, what's her name from Bring It On? Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst. Kirstie Alley. Kirstie Alley's in it. And Alison Janning. Woo woo. Love her. Alison Janning. And Holly Hunter. Oh, she's in 13. Have you seen 13? Oh my goodness, I loved 13. I rewatched that recently. I remember being in like year 2000 or whenever it came yeah. out and being like, oh my God, this is so edgy. It was though. It, it really was pretty was. edgy. And it was written by... Catherine Hardwick, who went on to do Twilight. Catherine Hardwick directed it, but Nikki Reed, also from Twilight, wrote She that. wrote it based on her experience yeah. living in LA. So that's also very impressive. Yeah, because I feel like kids that were teenagers in the 2000s were the last of that 80s latchkey kids where you had time to yourself where you can just go and do stuff. Yeah. And then so with the rise of the internet, you had then everybody just stayed at home, went online, mm. MSN, Messenger, ICQ. Oh. Well, I guess with the rise of the internet became the rise of the predators. And parents were suddenly like, you're never leaving the house. In that time as well, music piracy really oh, took off. yes. We had those programs. Napster. Yeah. LimeWire. Mm. Napster was particularly problematic. And then, you know, there was a whole Metallica lawsuit as well with that. Did you download music? I downloaded music, yeah. I remember downloading Madonna Music 2000 new single. It was titled, the file name was that. Mm-hmm. The song leaked and apparently they had to then bring the release date forward as well for the single because it had leaked. Mm. So those that happened at that time that didn't happen previously now affected the music industry and the way that they worked as well, Mm -hmm. obviously. Well, the whole music streaming 
think changed the course of how performers get money because yeah. it used to just be they could release an album and they wouldn't ever have to tour because they got enough money from CD sales. But now with the rise of one downloading, but then legal streaming, yeah. that's not enough to support them. So no. now they have to tour because now yeah. they get money from merchandise and ticket sales, which is way better being a fan of music. And definitely the way that we consumed and bought music as well. <gasps> I loved going to HMV. Like buying a single. But then that was killed off because the introduction of the iPod and iTunes. True. Because then you had the rise of iTunes. Yes. So did you purchase music off iTunes? I did, but one, it was expensive. So it was yeah. like after a while, it's just like F this. But um, I did for a while because I didn't like downloading music and not having the picture come up. I hate that they were all oh. just like anonymous. Like, you know how they just didn't have, it was like an empty vacant picture. I liked when you had a picture of the album art. You could manually do it, yeah. but I was like, I don't know where to get time for that. So I did download a couple, but then the worst thing happened was when I got a new phone upgrade, a lot of the things that I'd bought on iTunes didn't transfer over. So I was like, well, this oh, sucks. Right. So for you, it didn't replace going out and buying a CD at the time. Did mm, you do both? Um, I feel like it did replace it. I always illegally downloaded. I jumped on that train oh, right. very hard and I got a lot of viruses on the family computer. We've just got the police on line two, Kate. <laughs> They're going to have a chat with you. <laughs> They're going to be like, did you download that S Club? No, if I really liked an album, I would try and buy it. It was more singles because I didn't necessarily want the whole album. Okay, fair enough. Obviously, music was of its time as well in that era. The rise of the pop star. Yeah, the anti-pop star, Avril Lavigne. Ooh, I was a big Avril fan. I listened to her album the other day and I was like, this hits. Was it Let Go that you listened yes, to? Yes, yeah. Let Go. Mm-hmm. With all the hits. Oh, so good. But I remember one year you had Britney, Christina, Jessica Simpson, Mandy Moore, all at the top of the charts. Yeah, it was very pop dominated. White and blonde. <laughs> Sure. That was one of the last times you saw female heavy at the very top of the pop charts. For me, when I think back, specifically end of 2003, Mm -hmm. it's like an iconic snapshot of music at Mm -hmm. that time. For whatever reason, it really sticks out to me. We had Christina Aguilera's stripped album was out. So I think that year they released Beautiful. Oh, I tell you what song I loved of hers, that Come On Over. I loved that song. We had Evanescence as well. We had Pink release her Try This album. So we had Trouble. Mm -hmm. We had Holly Valance. Oh, Holly Valance. Beyonce and Jay-Z on 03, Bonnie and Clyde. <gasps> Dead. I love that song. That was the beginning oh. of all of that. Outcast here. Hey, that song still is a hit. Such an iconic time of music that really stands out to me. Mm. You mentioned like Emerson Messenger and stuff before. Mm-hmm. We also had, in regards to social media, mm. 2006 was very MySpace heavy. Yes, it was. That was the time of MySpace, I think. It was. And also emo movements, scene kids, mm-hmm. that was all happening mm-hmm. as well, especially on MySpace. Yeah. Music seemed to be having such a moment because I think it was so accessible in ways that it had never been before yeah. because of the rise of the internet. So you had so many subgenres that weren't just on the fringes anymore. You could find your group of people. Because I feel like MySpace was all about making more friends, whereas yes. Facebook was about maintaining the friend circle that you had. So you could join join fan groups like i remember street team yes, yes. a particular band and they'd send you the stickers yeah and you'd that promote was a big it. that yeah. was a really big deal so who was in your top eight 
Tom. Tom was number one because sure. you couldn't remove him. Um, whoever I was friends with. Like, yeah. I, I feel like I had my five closest friends who were still my, like, closest friends. Yeah. And then just, like, two other people. Like, sometimes I'd just put bands. Kate, while you would not be number one, oh. you would definitely be my top eight. Oh, thank you. Isn't that so nice? That's lovely. Yeah. But I did like that you could customize your page. You can add a song to your profile. Yeah. Very fun. There's a lot of pressure for it to be cool. Those were the days. In my head, MySpace was really only around like two years. I feel like the UK and US jumped on it. By the time Australia really started taking off, I can remember people already being like, MySpace is dead. Like by the time it got popular and people who weren't into music was using it as just like a friend messenger, it was already dying. And then Facebook definitely felt like growing up, it was a bit more of a mature platform, I guess. I would love to get rid of Facebook, to be honest. But- You should. I want to. There was also a hipster movement within that decade. What happened to hipsters? Do they still exist? I feel like hipsters always exist. I feel like hipsters really came big at the end of the 2000s. To me, a hipster is someone who takes cool elements of fringe groups and brings it to the The masses. Yeah, Yeah, they bring it to the mainstream. Okay. So they're that one person at a party who has bought the coolest thing or like they're trying to be very esoterical, but they're not actually deep into whatever it is. They've just got a surface level understanding and they're using those things to be cool to people who wouldn't necessarily look into it. That's, to me, my definition of a hipster. Okay. I think that's fair. You start to see the rise of the hipster in the late 2007s, 8s, 10s to that period. That's what I remember around that time as well. Often wore a fedora. Sure. (laughs) Speaking of fedoras, I want to run you through some trends, some fashion trends of the 2000s, early 2000s. So we've already actually covered a lot. Frosted lip gloss we talked about trucker hats and specifically the brand von dutch yes and ed hardy they were everywhere and let's not forget the ed hardy tops that were shredded cut up oh yes what was so interesting was that i feel like this is later more after 2010 but the jersey shore with ed hardy so many hats and clothing was rhinestoned unironically so then jeans you had the rise of the low-rise jeans lace-up jeans jeans with no back pockets jeans with a bedazzled pocket heavy bedazzled jeans Mm -hmm. halter tops were very big track pants with a message across the booty yes that was very juicy couture very supre i just want to add something to the jeans that you mentioned I remember at the time Mariah Carey, I guess, started a trend where the top of her jeans were actually cut cut off off. and they were frayed. Frayed everything. (laughs) Yes. 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 Frayed everything. Frayed jeans was definitely huge. Jeans were just having a moment. Yeah. Belts. Belts. Belts oh, yes. were everything in the 2000s. Like with the big buckles? Big buckle belts, belts that did nothing that you wore as a slouch belt on top of your clothes that was yes. just an accessory. Okay. It didn't hold up your clothes. So it sat like low on your hips. The double belt, the studded belt. But then you also had this weird trend, which I don't know if you'll identify with. A lot of women will. It was like a piece of cloth material belt and it was supposed to act as almost like to extend your top. So it would just sit on your hips and it almost looked like a tube top because it was okay. just a bit of stretchy material. And you'd fold it over and you would have a denim skirt, this weird freaking belt, and then you'd have like a tank top. It was sure. everyone had them. Oh, butterfly clips, a baguette. 
handbag. So like a little tiny purse. It started to actually make a resurgence. Yeah. But there were these little chain purses that I had like a Roxy one. Roxy did a lot of them. Billabong. They were the surfy brands and they were like a bag, probably the size of like a wallet. And they'd have a chain on it and they would sit right at your underarm. You couldn't fit anything in them, but they were popular. <laughs> Jerseys, polo shirts. Oh, they yes. were huge. Okay. They were huge with women and men, I feel. Scarfs with a tank top. That was big. Ties, Avril Lavigne style. Oh, yes, Avril Lavigne tie. People wearing a tie as a belt. (gasps) Dresses over jeans. There was also the skirt pants. Yeah, a skort. That was a bit of an identity crisis. Do you remember the G-string, like the T-string? Yes. Being shown higher than the pant? Yeah, the trend was to show it at the top. Colored hair extensions were big. There was also a bit of a trend maybe towards the later, the 2000s, 2010s, where no underwear. Yeah, that was popular yeah britney spears had her moment in 2007 as well mm-hmm. i mean obviously we know more about yes what was going on with her as well but i feel like there was a celebrityism about being shameless because you had the rise of this internet and the sex tape and also tmz and that mm-hmm. became a huge huge thing but i feel like they heavily targeted women to see them at their worst oh, of that, course that was like what they were trying to do to shame and embarrass to this day a headline is literally like person steps out without makeup or oh, in this yeah. outfit fit for women obviously Mm -hmm. not for men yeah which is unfortunate i feel like it's getting better but the problem still exists because i feel like they want to see women's imperfections back in the day these are the kinds of things you would see in those gossip magazines horrible yeah it is crazy when you go back and read a magazine from the early 2000s and you're just like whoa because like we said so many movies and so many tv shows just because it's not that long ago but it's just so shocking to see the vocabulary that people are able to get away with that people were just like yeah that's funny that's funny it's that's funny to, that it's was comedy. the language that's just what they said back yeah then. There is the argument now that people just say, oh, well, now everyone's too careful. But at the same time, it's like, well, if something wasn't okay to begin with, I think it's a good thing that now people are aware of it, Mm -hmm. right? So I don't know. I don't see it as a negative. It is good to see it to realize how far you've come. I guess the more people are aware and educated on things, Mm -hmm. the better. Yeah. Oh, definitely. There was a huge moment in 2001 that changed everything which was the 9-11 september 11 attacks everything changed everything with security with airports with Mm. traveling i feel like there was definitely a rise of people just became a lot more closed off sheltered once i heard rupaul the famous drag queen say that like everything sorry who's rupaul i'm not familiar (laughs) something uh, what happens in waves is that you have like open liberation and then once you've had a bit of open liberation for a while the world tightens right back up You saw it in the 80s. There was a huge cultural shift. AIDS came to the forefront. There was a big wave of change. And then the 90s tightened right back up. Then you started to see um, some opening up with the 2000s. And then it tightened right back up with the late 2000s. I feel like we're coming out of a conservative wave. We better freaking come out of a conservative way. (laughs) Everyone around the world was really forced to really slow down, really kind of take all of this time. And now everyone's starting to reemerge. So Mm. there will definitely be a change. Definitely. That was a little bit serious. What's something so 2000s that you remember? Like I remember going to like discos. Oh, like the school disco? Yeah, like school discos. Vitamin C, the graduation song, to me, is just so 2000s. It became a theme for many graduations. Oh, yeah. Do you think anywhere out there still uses the graduation song as their graduation song? I would hope so. 
It's literally there for that. It's called graduation. The graduation forever. song. I can imagine just being like, um, I don't know, someone in school and being yeah. like, what song should we lose? Let's just look up graduation. This works perfectly. Yeah. A part of me does want to just sing it to you now, yeah. but I won't. I do remember in Scary Movie 2, though, there was a scene where Anna Faris's character was driving in the car and Vitamin C's song was playing. And so she was singing along to it in the car. And then Vitamin C, the song stops and she's like, can you shut the F up and let yeah. me sing? Yes, I remember that. All of those parody movies, like we mentioned Scary Movie, that became a thing as well. And there was- Because then you had Not Another Teen Movie. Yeah, and then you had Date Movie. You had so many movies. Oh, yeah, parodies. I got over them. Oh, definitely. Scary Movie hit at a time where you're like, this is so silly and funny. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. Scary Movie 2, you're like, oh, okay. And then that's where I'm, I wish it stopped. I, yeah. Like, there are about five or six. I don't know. Just Scary Movie. And then, like you said, they had all the others. Yeah. Like, it got out of hand and I just stopped paying did. attention. I think it's just such a lazy form of comedy. Yeah. And can you believe that Chris Evans has become Chris Evans and he was the star of Not Another Teen Movie? Yeah. Speaking of graduating, Kate. Yes. We are going to wrap up in a moment, but. <gasps> okay. Before we do, here's a word from our sponsor. Hate responsibility. Tired of always putting yourself last? Introducing Digi Daycare. Our revolutionary new service takes the care out of caring. For just a large daily fee, we will look after your devices for you. Just drop off your Furby, your Tamagotchi, your Digimon. Give us your Neopets password. We promise not to steal your omelet. Or bring in your Chia Pet. Just throw your money at us and we're happy to take it off your hands. What are you waiting for? Our underpaid and inexperienced staff are waiting for you now. Call us on 0055 Neglect. That's 0055 634 5328. Digi Daycare, doing the hard work for you. We do not guarantee your Tamagotchi will survive. Macy Gray may attack your Neopet. Furbies must have Furby flu vaccine. All right, so 2000s, 2000, 2010 specifically. Mm-hmm. It was a definite moment in time. Many things were introduced back then. A lot of things have changed since then as well. Definitely. Mostly for the better. I think so. It was a necessary stepping stone, somewhat to the right direction. In this day and age, I don't want to see Von Dutch hats and Ed Hardy t-shirts. Oh my gosh, no. Fake Ray-Bans from Thailand. (laughs) Do you ever have a trucker hat? No, never. But you know what? I was thinking. What? Maybe we can get matching Juicy Couture tracksuits. Yes. Velour. Love it. We look back. Mm-hmm. Now, let's look forward. Definitely not going to have rhinestones. Oh, no, 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 no. There will always be rhinestones. Oh. Rhinestones are forever. You do you, Kate. You do you, boo. <laughs> you know, one day we're going to look back on today. I mean, like, what were they thinking? Yeah, we're going to be, what were they thinking? We're going to look back with rose-coloured glasses as we always do with everything anyway. Exactly. Because, yeah, you do always look back at anything with nostalgia. So to 2022 and beyond, live your life, as Rihanna once said. No, that was last episode. Yes. All right, Kate, I'm going to go and look into this tracksuit business. Oh, excellente. Thank you so much for joining me in real life oh it's been an absolute pleasure yes always lovely taking a stroll with you Mm, taking a stroll down memory lane until next time this has been good chat good chat